welcome to another episode of Talking Back to the Teacher Podcast. The only podcast where it's perfectly acceptable to talk back, laugh at, clap back at your favorite teacher. I'm really excited for my guest this week. My guest this week is a high school graduate of the class of 2017, School of Architecture graduate from the University of Texas at Austin in the year 2022, and overall an outstanding student. He is he comes from a very proud family in which there's there are accomplishments across the board with all siblings within the family. I had the pleasure of being his pre-AP Algebra 1 teacher back in Dallas, Texas. And now he is working as an architect in Portland, Oregon. So he right now is my favorite Portland trailblazer because he is a trailblazer. I'm excited to introduce you to him. We had a whole lot of laughs and we recorded for a long time. And we've got a really good episode. There's some nerd talk on here, so get ready for that. And like I said, he is accomplished in his field. He has done a lot to be proud of. I'm super proud of him. So without further ado, I bring to you on Talking Back to the Teacher Podcast, my favorite Portland trailblazer, Michael Anaway. So I will forever call you Mr. Ham, and if it ever slips out, and I call you Duane, so be it. <laughs> it works. It's all good for me. Where are you in Portland right now? Yes, I'm in Portland right now. Um, okay. I was yeah, I was just in Texas a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. back in Portland right now. Settled back in. Yeah. Yes, My the, conversations yeah, yeah. go go multiple directions with people. Sometimes when they log on, like they're two or three glasses of wine in, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna be editing for days. But it's funny, like, cause is, I get the real authentic <clears throat> self of everyone, and I'm fine with for that. Sure. I know it's not easy to sit down and talk. First question, class of 2017, right? Class of 2017, yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> that means I had you in class in that 2013-14 school year, pre-AP Algebra One. <laughs> what is the most useless piece of mathematical <laughs> information you've ever learned that you've never used that you can remember that's a great question honestly like i hear a lot of people say like everything that we use or everything that we learned at least like has never been of any tangible use but like i know like our like you know fx is equal to mx plus b whole thing like you kind of use it in everything in life like we were talking the other day it was your story that i swiped upon and we're talking about like how many people can't at a bar given a certain amount of money right <laughs> yeah that's like quick equations right there right but like that's not an immediate connection you know what i'm saying like you don't just think right. about like y equals mx plus b to think about that so yes that is a useless piece of information but also super useful <laughs> okay that story was like hey you have fifty dollars it costs ten dollars right. to get in what kind of establishment how many drinks to right. five dollars a piece can you get? <laughs> exactly. But like, and so whenever I post something like that, I always get students response. I got multiple responses. One of them was like, "How come they didn't factor in a tip?" Or it was like, right. why, are all, "Why are all the drinks the same price?" Uh, so it was like, "Are you really gonna drink eight drinks and then $2 and spend your whole fifty dollars?" Like, what if you have to call for an Uber to get home? And I was like, "Okay, I understand what you're saying," but at the same time, I think just the point of it. But one of my That's favorite always. things that uh, people always talk about is like, <clears throat> man, I'm so glad I learned how to calculate the area of a parallelogram because right. that comes in handy during par- parallelogram season, you know, it instead does. of things like learning taxes when it's tax season. And I was right. like, well, if I would have taught you something like this in eighth or ninth grade, 
you may not yeah. have been interested in taxes because in eighth or ninth grade, most students aren't working. Most students no, no one is thinking about work. any of that. Yeah. And so, so much of what you teach, you're supposed to learn and remember. But a lot of it, especially when it comes to math or financial literacy, it doesn't apply until mm-hmm. later years of high school or when you're in the workforce or when you're in college and you're like, yo, I really got to make this money stretch. Really wish I knew <laughs> how to make a budget and I haven't done it before. Right. Okay. No, totally. It's a very important topic, like the whole financial literacy thing. And like, I hope we talk about that because that's also something that I picked up from you when I was going to, well, about to start applying for colleges. And we talked about like scholarships, loans, like grants mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And like, we still talk about like financial literacy, like our last conversation when you visited Austin, like that was like the basis like, of our, <laughs> of our, yeah. uh, of our conversation. Yeah. So. Obviously, you would have like uh, like problems that you would have to solve in math, like in algebra, for example. But it's like, like you're not really going into that, like about what this really means in real life. Like we're just trying to go work our job at Chick-fil-A and get our seven dollars an hour and get whatever taxes off of that and buy new shoes. Like no <laughs> one really right. care about that. I think it's super important, some of the concepts that we learn. But uh-huh. I think a way to really start thinking about it. Like in terms of like teaching kids like financial literacy is like start teaching them more applicable um, scenarios in real life. Since you're talking about financial literacy, uh, yeah. in my current school district, you have to take economics and government, and they've right. just approved a new economics class, which is okay. an economics slash personal financial literacy course. Great, that great, is, right? Because so much of what they learn, and yes, it's to help equip them for the future, but like. So much of economics is talking about inflation, talking about interest yeah. rates when they go up, the federal rate. Absolutely. What does that even mean? Um, I right. tell students, I was like, oh, now that you have a job, welcome to the real world because you'll see how things change. And they laugh because they're like, oh, well, things don't change that much. I was like, guys, two years ago, a dozen eggs were $1.19 at Aldi. If I went yep. to Aldi, I went like to Aldi $6. Like yesterday, I saw mm-hmm. eggs for $4.89 and the lady next to me was like, oh, man. I thought there'd be more. And I was like, don't you understand the amount of markup there was? And, and so yep. just the little things like I never thought that working, if you, you know, if you have a minimum wage job and say you work, um, I don't know, say you make $8 an hour and you work an hour, you can now officially get 12 to 16 eggs or you right. can get 20 eggs, which doesn't seem like a whole thing. But if you work a, a whole shift and you can mm-hmm. barely get groceries, like, oh. So I keep telling them, like, interest rates, those kind of things matter, um, especially if you're, like, financing a vehicle. And then don't even let me start talking about the housing market. These are the (laughs) conversations um, my students love to have now, specifically because they know in the future it applies to them directly. No, that's incredible. That's that I'm very glad to hear this, actually. Right. Mm -hmm. Like now you're purchasing power, to be very honest. If your employer is not adjusting whatever you're making by inflation and interest rates, your purchasing power goes down, right? So some people don't necessarily understand that and understand the need to understand financial literacy. And when I say that, it's like the need to understand these trends that have happened over time to put us where we are right now. Some people don't get that and they just roll with it, right? Right. And that same pattern, a lot of people follow that same pattern and things just never change. You know, they always say that doing the same thing over and over consistently and expecting different results Right. You call insanity. Like that's insanity. So you graduated 2017. I think you were in the top 10% of your graduating class. 
And I remember senior year, you were sold. You ended up going to uh, University of Texas at Austin. Mostly through your senior year, I'm sure you remember, you, you knew you were going somewhere else, right? <laughs> I did. I was very sold on that. In fact, I remember walking to the Freshman Center, and I'm like, Mr. Hare, I just got back from, like, this college trip, like, fully sponsored, right? Like, uh-huh. he gave us, like, the best food. Like, we were like, we even went to a, the seafood place. But they had, like, a full dinner for, like, it was basically, like, a college student's, like, minority, like, trip. Give us the most incredible trip and experience that I could ever imagine. So right. Came back, and I, I remember even telling my pops, I'm like, man, the food was so good. And he <laughs> he still makes fun of me till today. He's like, yeah, the food was about to send you there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, I was sold on Texas A&M College Station for a while. <laughs> yeah, you were. And here's the conversation that I remember. I remember talking about it. You were like, yeah, I'm going to be an Aggie. I'm going to go to A&M. And I had never seen A&M's <laughs> campus. But I did yes. have students. I had friends. There's coworkers, plenty of teachers in the Dallas area that have gone and, and graduated from A&M. And they loved their entire time there. Right. But then there was one more school you were talking about going. And you yep. were like, uh, I think I'm going to go. I don't know. I'm sold on this. And I was like, hey, you should just take the trip. And maybe that university will work out for you. Tell me about that trip. So this is the University of Texas trip, right? Yep. So I, yeah, it was in, it was in the spring. Explore Texas, I believe is Uh what it's called. My, I remember telling my dad, I'm like, hey, like, there's this thing coming up. I really got to check out the campus. Like Mr. Ham, like really, really encouraged me to check out the campus. I ended up not going on that trip. I ended up not going on that trip, but I talked to a lot of people like within my network. Dr. Lumen was my um, AP Calc teacher. Yep. And she had gone to Texas. Um, I had conversations with you. There were some other like math teachers like at the high school at the time who had gone to Texas. So like about like the stuff that you want to do. At the end of the day, like there's these rankings that they have out. And for the program that I want to do, it's like in the top, what, like top 10. So I was just like, yeah, I think I'm just going to go with this. Like, And the really big thing was I applied to about six schools or so. I remember the only school that I applied to for civil engineering was Texas A&M College Station. Obviously, my mind was somewhere else that wasn't civil engineering. (laughs) So, And I got into the program that I wanted at UT. So I decided, hey, like, I'm just going to sign this document and pay my deposit and so that's how that worked out. <laughs> I remember when you came back and you were just absolutely convinced, like, this is the place I'm going. It was a complete 180 because I remember making jo- jokes, like, do you think you look good in burnt orange? Like, is that for you? Like, I know, it's perfect, and I'm right. And, I was, I, and like I said, I had no say in the decision. Right. I just was, I was super pumped for, like, your entire class. I had random challenges for you guys. I told you guys yeah. that if I gave you a formula chart and you kept it when you graduated, I'd take you guys all out to dinner. We went to a hibachi grill in Garland. Hibachi, that was great. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, this is great. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. These kids that I met when they were 14 after they graduated, I don't know if it had to be like maybe a week or two after graduation. But I remember in the summer... Yep. We all showed up. We took pictures outside. It'll, I'll probably throw one in the in the. Still notes. have the pictures. Oh yeah, still, still have, have that. <laughs> and so I mean, it, it's really great. I got I got pictures of you from when you were nominated for like an outstanding student award. Oh my gosh, um, that happened. Club. <laughs> Let me tell you. So Mike, I mean, you might have been about the same height, 
but uh, you packed on a lot of muscle since then. Like, dude, that was a, that was a skinny big Mike, and now you're like, I was like, oh, you you didn't you didn't No, it was um, the lunch. <laughs> but, but that was great. It was it was good. You finished your degree in the spring of 2022. Yes, and so was I was honored. I came down there and got to witness your graduation. I don't know if you remember that day, but it was like 98 degrees outside. It was. It was really but hot. And we were just cloaked in all this garment. I had, we just yeah. like, we need to be done with this. <laughs> but I feel like you guys were in Lady Bird when yes, your graduation happened. And I have, mm-hmm. there's a couple of memories with that because I saw, I saw your family again. I saw your sister. I saw you. And then one of your best friends was there. Carlos? Carlos was there, yeah. And both of y'all somehow just like live and died <laughs> in the weight room for like the last four or five years. I was like, these dudes are huge. Like everybody voice deep. He hit me with the like super, super handshake, like all tight grip. And it was great because it was a great experience because I've got video from that day. I took a ton of pictures. Like I walked around right. campus. Um, I didn't stay for the huge ceremony. I was like, I can't do this outside because even just being outside after the ceremony, I was like, nah, man, I'm about to die. Honestly, Mr. Ham, the time that you spent with us, even my family keeps saying that that was huge. And I really got to shout you out. Like, I appreciate <laughs> you coming down. And I, I still tell my friends, like, even people that I'm meeting in life right now, I'm like, you know, like, like today, I'm like, yo, like, nobody called me, nobody texted me. Like, I'm jumping on a podcast with, like, my mentor, like, one of, like, my favorite teachers, like, from, like, high school. Like, this man came down to my graduation. Like, I just got to say, yeah, it was something that I never, you know, like, I really appreciate you for that. Absolutely honored. Let me get back to your graduation real quick. The limited <laughs> availability for tickets at y'all's graduation. Oh, my like, gosh. I remember I asked you months in advance, like, are you going to have a ticket? You're like, oh, I don't know. There's not that many tickets. They're, like, hard to come by. They're like Beyonce or Taylor Swift tickets. Like, if you were in quick or if someone doesn't cancel, like, it was crazy. And you know what's funny? I actually, so I worked at the front desk, right? And mm-hmm. I'm the one who created all of those tickets. But believe me, you would have had your ticket, like, confirmed whenever you <laughs> asked me. But, like, and I asked multiple times. I'm like, hey, like, how do we get tickets? And they had this number and system where you can't really photocopy. Well, if you do, like, photocopy it or Photoshop, like, a ticket, then wow. you're depriving someone else their seat at graduation. Right. So it was kind of like playing on, like, your ethos, right? So the whole time I'm just like, hey, like, I'm telling my boss, I'm like, hey, if there's a reason ever we have a lot of tickets left, like, please pin me down. Like, I need, like, extra tickets. But it's so hard. Like, it all worked out, right? Like, the ceremony was, was pretty good. This right. is one of the first graduations where they not only say your name, where you're from, they allow right. you to say <laughs> who you're thanking, who you're thankful for, what right. are your plans to do next. And you could say anything. There were students that thanked Kanye West. I mean, obviously, there were students that thanked their parents. There were students that thanked their cat for moral support. People thanked their therapist to help them get through. For sure. One of the biggest moments that happened, like, at graduation after, you know, five years of studying and internship. Right. Is that they say your name. And (laughs) my thing about graduation is, and and, and I've never read names at graduation. I I think it would be quite the honor but right. where I've taught, there are names that I'm like, oh, gosh, I cannot mess this up because it's sure. someone's moment. Right. You don't want to deprive them of that moment by saying yeah. their name, by emphasizing it wrong, by by accidentally, whether it be first, middle or last name. 
And when they called yes. your name, you corrected him like, uh, yeah, that's not right. And then he said it wrong again, you corrected him again. And no, no, I was proud because seriously, I don't care how difficult your name is. I just went through five years of this university in this extremely competitive program. Sleepless night. Like we walked, but you showed me the lab, showed me your workstation. The least y'all could do is get my name right. And if you haven't practiced it, that's fine. If you say it wrong, I would like for you to say it correctly. Please, yep. because in front of my family and, and University of Texas, where you guys are at in Austin, multiple graduates from out of state, from across the country. If people are flying in, you could at least say my name right. So I was really proud that you had them get that right. I, I really appreciate that. You know, like my boys, like everybody, like all my friends, like they we still remember that. That is so funny. Like he said, so my middle name is Ikechuku, right? So uh-huh. Ikechuku means strength of God. He pronounced it Ikechuku. Get this. He was a professor of mine, actually. <laughs> but not everybody knows the middle name. I got you, though. <laughs> right. He's a professor of mine, but he's in the last name. I'm like, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, again, like, if that was like a high school graduation, I probably would have just walked off the stage like, all right, whatever, you know. But it's That's like, probably. like you said, I know what I went through. Like, I know, like, the time spent at that school. Like, I like everything, you know, just like to walk that stage and I'm finally here. Like mm-hmm. my pops didn't show up to my high school graduation because he was like, he had work that night, first of all. And secondly, like we're first generation. For him to be there that day, I'm like, nah, you gotta get this right, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you gotta get it right. Gotta, uh, like it's really, I don't think it's that hard. And we have like the pronunciation and everything on the card. I was I was yeah. proud of you for that. It was a it was a quick Appreciate moment, he, and I think he did get it right, like second or third he try. Did. What about high school? Yeah. What stands out to you about those four years of high school that kind of resonate now that you've graduated, gone through college, you moved across the country? So <laughs> how how do you keep those good friendships alive? FaceTimes, FaceTimes, <laughs> Mister Ham. I yeah. tell you, FaceTimes. Use that FaceTime and work it to your advantage. Like okay. I have I have really good friends from high school and I'm very fortunate to have made lifelong friends. And every time I'm in I'm in town, like I'm hitting them up like, yo, like what are you up to? You know, let's go grab lunch, let's go hoop, right. let's go work out, whatever it may be, you know. I think at this point, like we're past two stages, like and when I say two stages, like we're past high school and college. And if we're still talking till today, the way we used to, that friendship is never done. So I could go like a month sometimes and not talk to them and we could call and it's still the same. It's about like knowing what like everyone is doing, like having like the time on the phone. You know, it's like, I'm trying to know what you're doing, you know, like, it's like have meaningful conversations. That's the biggest thing. And yeah, the friendships, the friendship is definitely a huge part of it. Definitely a huge part of it. But also sometimes I look back on it. I'm like, four years of high school is just me, like after school, like I'll go to tutoring sessions and like, I'll go home, just do homework. Right. I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy that I did that because I had like, it was just tunnel vision. (laughs) Right. So like, I got to get to this point. But at the same time, like towards the end of college and now, I feel as though like, sure, like I did some extracurricular activities and like all of that stuff. But like, I feel as though some of my time in high school shouldn't quite have been spent like doing just homework. Now, what I'm doing in life is just picking information from everywhere and just broadening like my knowledge base. So before you graduated yep. from the University of Texas, Austin School of Architecture, you yep. had an internship. It was also in Portland, correct? So that was 2021. I was there from, I was here from June until December. 
So six okay, months. so you you yeah. got to experience some some different seasons for sure. Mm-hmm. Tell me what it was about the company, but the area being that like Pacific Northwest and that Portland area yeah. that had you back there once you graduated, because that was your first move once you graduated. You made yep. that trip cross country, and now from the Dallas area, you're in Portland. So what about Absolutely. your time there kind of sold you on the area? So like you said, besides the fact that I had a community here, like about the area itself. So I'm from, we're from Texas, right? Like Texas is our spot, but the thing is accessibility in Texas is nothing to write home about. And like, I'm talking about like, you're trying to go to the grocery store, like you're about to drive 10 minutes on the highway, right? <laughs> to get to the grocery store. I can walk like five minutes to the closest grocery store around me. And yes, I live downtown. You can also do that in the burbs around here. Portland is actually one of the densest cities in America, I think top 15. And like, we're talking about public transportation runs through here. We're talking about streetcars. Like we're talking about, you know, like buses, trains, there's like bike lanes and things like that. Like stuff that we learned in architecture school. And the architecture itself is just something that sold me. There's a lot of nice boutique architecture firms out here. And I felt as though I needed to be around that community to be able to grow. That's an area I haven't seen yet. And I will get there soon. Super beautiful. The beach is literally an hour and a half to the west. And then the mountain is literally an hour and a half to the east. It's really, really beautiful. Even in the winter, like it's sunny out right now. Like it's the Uh winter. It's really gorgeous right now. In the summer, it's really, really beautiful. You moved to Portland in July. It's been about six months. Does it feel like home yet? (laughs) Absolutely. It felt like home the second I drove back in. I was like, I'm back. (laughs) And I've definitely made, obviously, I'm still making more friends. And um, I'm Nigerian. I should mention that. So, like, I have definitely found, and this is, like, an area that I haven't really, I haven't really developed on, per se. Like, finding a Nigerian community that I'm sticking to, like, even an African community in general. I am beginning to find some brothers out here who are just like, yo, like, we're going to take you and show you around, like, show you where, like, African restaurants out here. It's not, it's an anomaly out here to find an African restaurant, but I found some. Really? Oh, I absolutely have. One day I was like, I am about to like go on an adventure today. Uh And I found one by myself. And then I found some other brothers who showed me another one. It's present. It's hard to find, obviously, but there is, there is places out here. I love it. I love that you've gone out of your way to make sure you found that culture there that you can identify with that feels super important. Like what? So how's your relationship with family seeing as you are now, I don't know, a couple thousand miles away? I am a three day drive away. So that's a great question. Um, I've always been that person who is just like, I want to be independent. So like I like whenever I'm home, like I'm spending quality time with my family. Like I'm spending quality time with them. Um, and in college, I wasn't going home like as often, like I'll go home during the holidays and we'll be together and like. And I think part of the reasons for this is because throughout high school, like we were in a small apartment and everyone saw each other every single time. <laughs> like, like I'm studying and I have my headphones in and I'm like, I kind of need my own space, but like there's about four people who try to do your own thing like around me. <laughs> so at a point, like you leave and you go to college, you're like, oh, finally, like I have my own space. You know, I'm always like looking forward to the next trip back home. Who do, you, who do you think will be the first to come visit you? So my brother's planning on coming up here in the summer. We're planning on going to Canada. So 
We'll really? see, we'll see if that works. Yeah. He's super <laughs> excited. Would you drive that? We would. Yeah. So okay. Vancouver is about five hours from me. Okay. I have never, so I haven't been out the U.S. since I got here. The only country I've been to out of the U.S. is yeah. Canada. And that's mostly oh, really? because I lived in Ohio and it wasn't that long. Oh, that's right. You know, come back home in a day or two. But you're going to be Vancouver. Yeah. Vancouver, Vancouver. BC. So I, I've never seen that. You could come up here and we go together. <laughs> It'll be a I mean, great we could do that or I could come to Portland and we'll catch a, a Trailblazers. Oh, Trailblazers. Game. But they're not that, they're not that hot right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> Cleveland's playing well. So I'll do that. I'll, I'll, incredible. I'll, oh, didn't you see a game there? I did. It was, man, they, they just lost Josh Hart. So that trade deadline, there's a lot of big moves happening. Yeah, it was a lot. It's 2023, and you've been a professional in your career for like six months. I'm curious as to what your vision looks like for the rest of this year, and then how you plan on growing a little bit more. Last time we had a conversation, you mentioned how excited you were to go to Portland, and you had just talked about how ultimately this is like the first step. And then you've got like your own plan that you kind of wish to implement over time as you grow in the field, learn, garner more experience, more connections. What does your goal look like for this year? How does that help lay some framework for the future, say, maybe three or four years down the line? Sure thing. That's a great question. This year, I graduated college and I'm done with this huge, huge like milestone. Like, What's next? I don't see myself like sitting down and working a nine to five and just knowing that like I'm doing, I'm sitting down doing someone else's work for them. I started thinking, I'm like, I got to set goals for myself. Like, like the job is not done yet. I'm not even close. So currently I am starting so to become a licensed architect. Like you have to take about five, six tests. And currently I'm studying for those. And the reason I'm doing this is because like eventually I want to be able to develop my own stuff and development is, and this is, this links back to the whole financial literacy conversation that we're talking about. It comes in different scales. It could be personal and it could be architecture scale, right? You don't learn financial literacy about starting a firm in architecture school. All you learn is design and critical, critical thinking. My whole thing was to educate myself on that financial side of it, which I'm still doing. It's really pulling a lot of information about like how really does architecture work besides just the design? How do you put up a building and how does that building stay healthy? And when I mean healthy, I'm not just talking about like how does it stay like sustainable, which I'm pretty sure that's like a buzzword for everyone today. But it's also like, how does it stay financially healthy, right? Buildings, every building that you see has money tied to it, right? It has a cash flow tied to it. So that's really like where I'm at. It's like, how do I connect this design and how do I connect the financial side to it? And how do I control all of that together? So that's like my long term. If I see your name on a building somewhere or if I see (laughs) Anaway Designs or I I don't know know what you would call it, but um, I never doubted for a minute that the kid that walked into my classroom in B201 B201 uh, was going to have some high and lofty dreams. Like I told you, your class specifically, not the entire class, but like that individual class period yeah. that I wrote all those letters to. Still you guys that. had some thinkers. Your class had some highly intelligent students in it who thought outside of the box, knew when to challenge and <clears> when <throat> to contest like their own thinking and what we were teaching. I feel like you had a group of visionaries. And you guys were phenomenal at putting a plan into place, however long it took, and eventually getting there. 
or turn in or <laughs> notes they used to write that said, one day I'm going to, and then they fill in the blank and literally do that. And it's the same reason I keep student info sheets from this kid right here. This one's got a vision and, and they're launching it. And so if you look, if that was 2013. And if yep. you're looking at 2023 now, we're talking almost 10 years down the road. Yes. I still see many of you, small yep. businesses, entrepreneur yep. ventures, after they earn that degree, moving across yep. the country. And that group, I think I had six or seven students that were born in different countries as well, revisited their home country, have connected with their yeah. roots and heritage. And it's a beautiful yeah. thing to see happen. That was one of my favorite things about that group of freshmen in 2013. You were a piece of work. <laughs> it was all, it was a great time. Always looked forward to that first period. Always. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun to start my day with you guys. I really, really appreciate that. Like, it's great hearing that from you. You mentioned about building being financially healthy. And we right. had some conversation as you showed me around Austin. Um, yeah. We went and we, we talked about We saw buildings that um, we saw libraries. We saw um, statues. So yeah. Austin is probably the most progressive of the large cities in the state of Texas. And it's one of the areas in which highly sought after in terms of moving there. But with mm -hmm. all the mass exodus from like the state of California or folks moving to Texas because I have former students now that I taught in Florida that have moved oh. outside of Austin somewhere within a 20 to 25 mile radius of Austin. city is just it's erupting um yep. it's, it's amazing it's it's becoming a it literally is a tech hub how do you feel like architecture plays a role in that because there's only so much land to develop and there's like they talk about the housing in Austin <laughs> like students can't find housing as easily even residents who move to the city have a hard time finding the kind of housing that they want. And then on top yeah. of that, you got to be able to find it at an affordable price of, you know, of what you can make within your means. Architecture has to be at the core of that somewhere, right? 100%. I think the only types of buildings that you're allowed to build without an architect is like a farm shed or like a one-story building. Really? I think that's it. Yeah. And there's other buildings that you can have like an engineer like approve, but th that's very limited. You can't, like you said, at the core of any type of development. Great question as well. This is, these are really good questions. Um, Austin is a tech hub now. Austin has an influx of people from California, from Seattle, from even New York. Like, and I know Google just put up a building right on the waterfront. Facebook has a building there, Samsung's in town, like Apple, like everyone, startups, a lot of them are coming in there. So obviously if they're coming in, then prices are going up. What's the outlook for architects? Architects have to design. Architects have to design places where these people who are coming in are going to live. You mentioned that there's only so much land. There's only so much land, but there's also vertical developments but there's also like adaptive reuse like there's buildings that are like dilapidated and like it needs like some kind of improvement um there's the suburbs there's round rock um i know wells branch is becoming one of the more expensive um spots like there's places like urban infills there's places where you can develop in austin and you need an architect to design there is a lot of opportunities for architects in that city however the reason I didn't stay was because there were too many residential architects. <laughs> and funny enough, like some of the firms or some of the buildings that are coming up there, um, sometimes they hire people who are not in the city, right, to design stuff like as design architects. Well, it sounds like you don't have any regrets. 
But yeah. do you have any regret in your four or five years with the things on a bucket list you wanted to do in Austin that you haven't done yet? Or did you leave pretty satisfied with your entire time there? I left pretty satisfied. I think towards the end of my degree that I needed to fortify myself even more with maybe like a finance degree with my architecture degree. Okay. And the reason I say this is, again, it goes back to the whole like architecture as a business or buildings as a business. So, and the finance part of it is what I'm having to sell teach right now. I think that's really my only regret. I have a business minor, but like that only goes so far, right? My time there was really, really incredible. And to anyone out there listening to this who's considering, considering UT Austin, like Austin is not as diverse as Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, but Austin shows you a great time. People in Austin, from my experience, are pretty accepting, and you would definitely find, you find your pocket. Yeah, it's really a great city. No regrets at all. I can sell it even more if they want. Like, the food there <laughs> is good. If you're looking at tacos, which I always look at, I look at ta- I look at Mexican food, Thai food. Those are, like, my two favorites whenever I try to go eat out. There's a lot of places out there. There's this place um, by 183. It's um, La Tapatia Numero Siete. Best tacos I've ever had for cheap, for cheap. Okay. It's like, and then the Thai food, so many places I can't even start. Like on campus, there's a place called Madame Mams, Pan-Asian on Old Torf, like really, really good. Like it's a Vietnamese spot, but they offer just about anything um, over there. Um, yeah. And barbecue, obviously, like there's Terry Blacks over there. There's Blacks. There's just name it <laughs> yeah when i um that, the first weekend i came down to visit during spring break when i saw you yeah the, uh i went and got barbecue with the another lake highlands grad um for sure oh yeah you did mention it yeah. in ut after going yeah. uh, to a school pretty close to and uh, he's the one that dove you right like home for him very similar right. to you and he was like nope i'm <laughs> uh, not knocking a and m it just wasn't for him. just like it wasn't for yeah. me and for sure, we both found an immense amount of success at UT Austin. As a teacher, as someone who was your teacher, uh, I'm yeah. a, I'm extremely proud of the success you've had thus far. And the I crazy really part is that. just the beginning, like <laughs> to, to follow your journey as someone who wanted to be an architect. Like that's what yeah. I thought when I was 16, 17, 18. I really thought mm-hmm. I was going to be an architect. But it's crazy because I've got a small network. Mm-hmm. You're the first student that I've had. I that finished that degree and now is out there living that life. Because I know how hard you work and the hard work's paid off. I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time to to sit and chat with me. But ultimately, I really appreciate the fact that you had a vision and you said, by any means necessary, we're gonna get it done. And you've done that, first being with the diploma, then the degree, and then your next vision was like, I'm gonna go to Portland. And you're doing that. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what comes next. Again, I'm just honored, glad to be able to witness it. And I wanted to say I'm proud of you. And that's about it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mr. Ham. I, I really, really appreciate I do have to say one thing, though. So when you mentioned if there was like anything else that I wanted to add, there was something that I that stuck with me. It was in that letter that you wrote. You mentioned don't be the person in the room who wants to be that person that knows everything. Right. Uh, Give other people a chance. Give other people a chance to say what they have to say, even if they're not correct. Give them a chance to learn. And that's something like I went to a very competitive school. I experienced that myself. Right. There were people in the class and sometimes maybe even me who just like 
you want to like sound smart that like once you once you get older and like get out there in life like some things start having like it's like an equal playing field but one thing i've learned is that listening goes such a long way you definitely definitely will pick up something yeah i agree like i remember yeah. that i still have a copy of it luckily i i, I wrote one to everyone in your class so I think by the end of spring, it might have been like 22 or 23 letters. Yeah. But uh, I, re I remember yours specifically. I was probably a little more forward in yours just because we had that I, relationship. I'm very glad. But yeah. there was also a lot of potential in it. You're like, your parents brought it up. when Because yeah. after I had you in class, I had your sister. And she was a year behind me. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but I had her her ninth grade year as well. When your parents came for that open house, mm -hmm. when all the other parents left, they they stayed and we talked. And your dad was like, "Thank you for writing him that letter." And, I was like, <laughs> okay. and then it's your college graduation. He, up he was like, "Hey, that was hey, I remember the letter you wrote." I was like, "Yeah." But like at the same time, I, I saw a lot of greatness in you, and I told you that I was yeah. like, "Dude, you're gonna be amazing at whatever it is you try to do." Um, to have no fear about it. Thing. You've reminded me to not have fear about things and to chase it myself. Yep. Hence this podcast hence this book that's coming but uh oh man i'm excited for that yeah it, 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 <laughs> okay. it's done like I, I just sent my final formatting changes we'll see how oh i'm excited i'm excited i wanted to say thank you um i appreciate your time and honest i'm, I'm gonna check back in with you godspeed on your journey yo that's gonna do it it's another episode of talking back to the teacher i'd like to thank my guest michael anaway aka big mike aka the portland trailblazer in the architecture world for your time the laughs the memories hopefully you enjoyed that podcast if you have any comments or feedback feel free to email me at talking back to the teacher podcast at gmail.com please please like and subscribe tell a friend if you're interested in being a guest got some thoughts you want to share with the teacher come on and let me know if you want me to bring on your favorite teacher i'll do that too we got a couple of those coming up soon stay tuned like and subscribe catch us on apple podcasts you can catch me on google podcasts spotify thanks to anchor it's been another episode of talking back to the teacher i'm out